What's up, everybody? Aaron and Paige back on the podcast, episode four. Another late night session, but we have a guest here. We have Everett. He's awake because he had a little procedure done with his tongue tie and lip tie. So we have to kind of do some stretches and whatnot every six hours. And yes, if you're watching YouTube, he is wearing his sister's pink sleep sack. On today's episode, we're just going to be talking about growing together, basically the joys and challenges of raising children at different ages (laughs) and just whatever else we ramble on about type thing. So yeah, let's uh, get right into it. Everett might have a couple conversations as well on top of that. Because he looks wide awake right now. He's just smiling at his mom. Hi. (laughs) Yeah. I think right now it's hard to say overall where things are, like what it would look like in five years, ten years. And like obviously our kids are pretty close in age in the grand scheme of things. So I feel like the age gap that we have is going to seem the most drastic now. Yeah. Versus... You know, when they're five and seven and a half or 10 and 12 and a half. Tiffany, (laughs) I think right now the hardest part or one of the hardest parts, and I think this kind of falls into the newborn phase as well, is just how divided things feel. Yeah, especially that one. Like this weekend made me like, Like, I actually was thinking about this when I was on rides with Addie, how, like, we're years away from being able to just go on a ride together, other than the carousel. Yeah. Because this year, Addie already wanted to do all these rides, and a lot of them she wasn't even big enough for herself. Yeah, there was... For people that don't know that haven't watched our YouTube channel, we went to the Strawberry Strawberry Festival. Festival here in LaSalle, Ontario, so... Which, it was really fun. And like it was, it honestly, it worked out well because you don't care about going on any of the rides. And she was perfectly happy to have me go on the rides with her. Yeah. But like next year, Everett's going to be at that like weird age where he's like starting to want to do all those things. And I feel like, especially having an older sibling, he's going to want to be those. able to do the same things that she's doing. Yeah. And, the only ride that he would have been able to do is the carousel. What do you mean be able to do the carousel? I guess it depends on how tall he is. I don't know that they have a height restriction on that one. But regardless, like we're still going to, like it's going to be years at something like that. Like obviously it's not going to be as obvious at other things, but anything where there's rides with height restrictions we're just years away from being able to do things as a family. And I feel like that's when it was like, that was the first time that anything other than like our current situation has made me think of what it's going to be like having two kids Yeah. really in the next few years. But I mean, in the newborn stage, like everything just, I don't know whether it's the newborn stage. Cause obviously we're like still very much in the new adjusting to life. With two. With two stage, but like with Addie, we did everything together. Yes. 
And now it just feels like if Addy wants to go to bed and he's crying, it's like, I'm starting to see light at the end of the tunnel for this, but it just feels like, you know, he can't just be in bed. No. And it's tough too, because he needs the attention and then she wants the attention. But I don't think she understands just yet that he needs your support with the stuff that you're talking about. Like he can't just be there by himself. Yeah. Like he and needs like, your support. And when she's ready to snuggle, like she's fine with him being in bed when I can like just lay there and focus on making sure he's safe and whatever. She's fine with it, but then she'll get to the point that she's just like put him in his own bed. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Put ever to sleep. He's still awake. We can't uh, just put him in his crib asleep awake. And then I feel like that falls into so many other areas where it's just been like I don't it just nothing seems easy and it does feel like it's getting easier so like i know that it's going to continue to get easier but like bath time like what do you do what do you do when you have two kids and you know addy doesn't want to get out of the bath and Everett needs to get out of the bath and yeah. then it's if so it just feels you know, like you don't have two parents home it's actually it's hard right because you can't leave her in the tub right well exactly and it happened more than once where when you were like your last trip that you took yeah. for work and I was home alone with both kids and I literally I drained the water but she wouldn't get out of the bath because she didn't want to be done in the bathtub so I literally drained the water and I told her to call me when she was ready for me to lift her out yeah because like I couldn't he was screaming like he was ready to be done in the bathtub so I had to deal with him and then it's like but the one time that I took her out, she ended up peeing all over the carpet. So it's just one of those things where it was like, it feels, it felt like no matter what I did, it was the wrong move of what kid to take out yeah. and get organized first. And like, he kind of needs to be organized first because he has zero control yeah. over his bladder and Addie it at least a little bit better. Which recently it's been an issue. So yeah, the potty training thing. Like I'm just. Yeah. I'm. Like she's done it. I feel like she's done it more so now than she has in the last year. Because I feel like she's getting like, I think the potty training thing is frustrating for me because I don't want her to like associate going to the bathroom with such negative feelings. Like I don't want to force her into sitting on the toilet if she doesn't want to. But she knows when she has to go to the bathroom. And, like, she doesn't like to sit in a wet diaper. She doesn't want to sit in a dirty diaper. Like, so she demands that you change her the second she goes to the bathroom. And I'll watch her, like, in the morning. I'll see her do her little pee dance. And I'll ask her, do you want to go sit on the bathroom? And she'll say no. And then she'll instantly stop and be like, I'm peeing. Yeah. And so then when it's like she's been in the bathroom, like the other night, gave her bath. She was in the bathtub, took her out. And usually when she does have potty success, it's when she's in the bath because I'll tell her, like, you cannot poop in yeah. the tub. <laughs> the tub yeah. and, and then she'll let you know. 
when she want, when she needs to go pee or poo and she'll. Yeah. So then the other night when she did it, it was so frustrating because it's like you were. You waited until. You after. were just in the bathtub. I. It's not like I took you out and let you run around naked for forty five minutes. Like I, I took you out and within five minutes you had peed on your bedroom floor. Yeah. And like I try so hard not to lose my cool. Peeing on the hard, like, on the hardwood has honestly been a little bit easier to maintain my cool than when she... Does it on the carpet. Like, the day that she's on the carpet, I wanted to cry. Or, like, when she has pooped on the floor. Yeah. Like, I find it very hard to, like, maintain composure. <laughs> so, I have found it easier with her at least doing it on the floor and not the carpets. But I just don't, like... I don't know. I don't know what to do. And maybe we're doing this wrong. Like maybe we should be following some potty training technique, whatever. I just feel like if you try to force somebody to do something and they're not ready to do it, then they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And I know myself well enough to know that it's going to cause me to get frustrated. And I don't think that's going to be conducive to her learning either. Yeah. So I just feel like. Like, we've done the stuff where we brought the potty outside right. and left her either not in a diaper or naked. But she's never really used it. Like, she's, we, stayed, we stayed out there for a couple hours and she didn't go to the washroom. Well, outside. because, and now she has such good, like, she, ha, she, she does have really good, good bladder control. Bladder control, yeah. And so now it's like she does have such good bladder control that, like, you do really need to commit to being out there all day. And, like, she will not commit to being outside all day. So then she'll come in and, like, maybe this is where we have it wrong. I don't know. But I don't want her sitting on the couch without a diaper on. Yeah. Just because I know how I'm going to respond if she has an accident. It's not that I think it's the end of the world if she does pee on the couch. Like, obviously not Mm -hmm. ideal. Yeah. But it's more about knowing that I'm not my nicest self when she has <laughs> an accident day. Well, especially because I can tell when she needs to go to the bathroom. Yeah, she does little. So I feel like energy. if I said to her, like, hey, do you need to sit on the toilet? Sorry. I feel like if I said to her, do you need to sit on the toilet? And she said no, and then proceeded to pee on the couch. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And like, it's funny because the potty training thing actually, maybe it's just because she's always been like kind of ahead of the curve on so many things. Yeah. That I've always been like, oh, like people shouldn't compare their kids. All kids learn at like their own pace, blah, 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 whatever. And I've been very like, But that's also coming from a place of, like, you know, she walked young. She was sitting young. She did all these things relatively early. Yeah. And recently, when I've been on Instagram and, like, any of, like, the other moms that I follow that all have kids in and around Daddy's age and they're, like, talking about potty training and whatever... It's funny how easy it is to feel so inadequate. Yeah. 
and just feeling like, oh, like maybe we're behind. Maybe we should be doing these things. And it's like, there's no part of me that thinks that she's going to go to school and not know how to go to the bathroom on the toilet. And but she's obviously not in a daycare because she's talked about it too, right? What? Going to the bathroom on the potty? She's never, Addie has never told me that she's, she's gone. She's talked about it, yeah. Oh, I know that they have a potty and uh, I mean, obviously they have a potty at daycare. Mm -hmm. And I know that like her daycare provider has talked to me about like sitting her on it, but Addie or her have never given me like an official update about how she's doing. Yeah, it's not often, but like she'll say like, oh, I went on the potty today. and Yeah. So. I don't know. I just feel like in the moments when I'm like not wrapped up in what other people are doing, I know she's going to figure it out on her own terms. I know that like looking back, the period of her life that she was in diapers is going to seem so short. Yeah. But it is, like, it's so easy to get caught up in, like, the we're not doing enough, we're not enough, we're not whatever. Just, like, that cycle of, like, comparison and whatever. Yeah. Just got really sidetracked. Yeah, we're talking about the, the bath. Sorry. Yeah, anyway, I just feel like, especially, like, whenever it first came home, it like was really, it really felt like it was divide and conquer. Like one parent had to tend to the other kid. Now it's starting to feel like even eating dinner. Yeah. Like we never sat down as a family to eat dinner. It was like, I would sit with Everett and feed him while you guys were eating. And then I would eat after yeah. or whatever. Cause like he just, he wouldn't, sit down for that amount of time. Mm -hmm. And like with Addie, it was always that little bit easier because A, she was the only kid, so. Yeah. But B, she also like always napped around in her time. Yeah, she did. So even if she like wouldn't transfer, she'd at least be sleeping. And Everett never sleeps at meal time. No, he doesn't. Like, he's always there's awake. There's the odd time that he does, but, like, that was, like, early on. Yeah, it's very rare that he's napping at dinner time, and he does not want to be put down during it. Like, he wants to be held, and not just held. He wants to be entertained. Yes. <laughs> he's been doing well, like, sitting with us at the table, then. Yeah, putting him in the high chair and just having it kind of tilted back has been nice. It's yeah. given, it's made it so that, like, we have a little bit more freedom with, being able to sit down as a family and not have to hold him the whole time, which has been really nice. Plus, I'm hoping it'll help get him kind of used to the high chair before we start him on solids Seems in a cool. few months. Yeah. But yeah, just everything felt very divided and it felt really hard. And I think that may have been the hardest part of adjusting from one, one two. to two for me was just this feeling of... Like, such close, like, togetherness before we had him to all of a sudden feeling like I had to tend to him or her because it was, it just felt like they always wanted the opposite things. Yeah. Or they did want the same things, and I felt like I, I couldn't give that to them. Yeah. 
like when he, you know, now, I mean, he's pretty proficient at breastfeeding, but like in the early days, like, you know, you don't just like take a boob out and let them do their thing. Now, like no. to sit on the couch, I can sit with both kids on the couch. Yeah, I mean, he's getting to the point where he's like hands-free, like before he needed to hold your yeah, in place. But, but this is what I mean. Like before it wasn't like I could just put him on and then snuggle her with the other arm. Yeah. So, I mean, all of those things are starting to feel that little bit easier, but it is hard. Yeah. And I think that was probably the hardest, the hardest aspect of the transition. Like, aside from, like, the obvious struggles of having a new baby, like, being tired and whatever, yeah. that was probably the hardest part for me with the transition. I think that. I think even from a dad's perspective, obviously, I didn't have, like, breastfeeding and whatnot, like, <clears throat> that might have been also the hardest part yeah. about like like almost like what do i what do i buy who what do I kid take? am i taking yeah. on yeah, yeah and, and especially for Addie, i feel like she put up a lot of fights because she did want it to be mom mm -hmm. and i don't even know necessarily that it was that it had to be me but it was almost more like my attention was so placed on everett for so much that it was like it wasn't even necessarily that she cared that it was me doing the thing, but it was like the novelty of it. Like, well, even the, the I think the first was it six weeks was yeah. the hardest because you had that C-section and you weren't supposed to be. Yeah, up, because so that was even worse. And right? I think it was everybody else trying to do things that normally I would do for her that she was just like, absolutely not. It has to be my mom. Yeah. Cause yeah, like even when we have people visiting, like my mom would try to like lift her onto the change table and yeah. she would throw a fit about it. Yeah, she'd be like, mommy, it's mommy's job. So it does feel like it's getting a little bit easier now that he's not like quite as fragile of a newborn and mm -hmm. she has adjusted a little bit. Plus it's getting that little bit easier to include him in things. But yeah, this weekend it was just like, as I was waiting to get on all those rides, I'm like, in a year or two years when he's not quite tall enough to do these things, this is not going to... He might be, though, because he is a tall he is, kid. He is a tall kid. But, like, it's yeah. not going to be as enjoyable of an experience yeah. if you have one kid that can only ride on one ride that wants to go on all the rides and one kid that is basically tall enough to do all the rides. Yeah. which actually we should talk about that. The joys of taking your kids to do fun things. Yeah. <laughs> like why? Why are toddlers like that? Oh my gosh, yeah. Every time, for anybody who doesn't have a toddler, anytime we take Addie to do- Fun things. Basically anything fun. Yeah. You have to mentally prepare yourself for the fight of leaving. Mm-hmm. Anything. Yeah. She hate she even hates goodbyes to like anyone that she meets. Like she has always been like that though. Yeah. Like she's always been like very tearful when family leaves or mm -hmm. but you take her to the park, meltdown central when you try to leave. We took her to Strawberry the Strawberry Festival. Yeah. And she was mad when we were leaving. She was mad when we left the area with the ride. She was mad. And, like, I get it to a certain extent. But I wish I could understand what her thought process is as to, like, 
why like especially the park strawberry festival i kind of understand because that was like a bigger event yeah but the park we literally go to the park every day every day so when i tell you we'll come back tomorrow why do we need to fight about leaving Oh, I feel like at that point, I feel like she, she's in a routine. <laughs> <laughs> I need to cry as we're leaving the park or cause an issue or whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, I know every time. Every I'm like, time oh yeah, you try to do anything fun and you just know, you know that she's going to get so upset when you have to go to leave. The birthday parties were another one. Yeah. Uh, Addie's like obsessed with birthday parties. She always and thinks it's her birthday that she were going well, to. So first the birthday parties were an issue because she was having a very hard time understanding that other people oh, could have a birthday and not just her. So that was the first round of tears for every birthday party we've gone to. Yeah. And then the second round of tears comes when we tell her that we need to leave. And I just, it's very draining. Mm-hmm. especially like now I'm home more so it's still really frustrating but I don't find it maybe as severe maybe because I just disappoint her so much more now that I'm home yeah. but when I was working I had like a really hard time with it I just found it really mentally draining that it was like I spend half my time at work yeah and then the other half of the time at home and i try so hard to plan fun outings on those days and then to have it met with tantrum after tantrum it was really hard so i do feel like it's a little bit easier now that i'm home because i feel like now i don't know that it's not quite the same not that I don't put as much effort into making things fun, but when I was working, it felt like every day that I, I was feel, off, I would try to do, I felt more you're pressure. At, you're at work and you're like, I, it's different when you're at home and you're like waiting from her, waiting for her to come home from daycare versus like working all day. And you think that, oh, I need to spend time with our kids and whatnot. It's just a different feeling. And then. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think there is just like the pressure of how like, I felt like when I was working, I put that pressure on myself to really absorb all of the time I had with her. Yeah. And because of that, I, tr- I always tried to make that time special. Not that we did, like, overly, like, expensive things or, like, it's not that we, you know, did extravagant things with her. But, like, I would take her to the pool once a week. Mm-hmm. I would take her, like, I just would always try to pick fun things to do. Because I wanted her to think of my days off as being really fun and special. And then every one of my days off would like, every time I would try to do something fun, it would end in tears. Tears. And then now that I'm home and like, I'm home every night for dinner. I'm home every night. It's like, maybe there's just so many other opportunities for me to make her cry. (laughs) (laughs) That the tears because we're leaving the strawberry festival just don't hit me quite the same. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I, I know. And I don't think, well, range, her things range. Like her, I feel like 
the park isn't as bad anymore because we go yeah. so frequently like but a birthday party or leaving grandma and grandpa's house or grandma yeah. and pop's house it's a little more severe type thing yeah and part of me does wonder whether it's because we go to the park so often or whether it's like the prep work that we've done yeah like there's been a lot of prep there's work. been a lot of prep work about like okay behavior and not okay behavior when we are leaving the park because there was a couple times that she ran like before i had everett i don't really remember her ever running away from me or if she did i guess i just didn't she do it when you the one some one time you were that you were with everett and i wasn't here yeah this is what i'm saying though before i had him i don't really ever remember her running away from Mm me and maybe if she did i just don't remember like i just didn't you know store that in my brain because it just wasn't really a big deal but yeah once i had him she started running away when we'd be at the park yeah so then it was like no man can't be doing that so then it was like there was so much prep work into like if you know we can't do this and this then we cannot go to the park so now we'll be walking to the park and she'll tell me, I'm allowed to cry. I'm allowed to do whatever. And it's like, yep, you sure are. Yeah. <laughs> and like, not that this is some groundbreaking parenting yeah. <laughs> tactic, but we have had a lot of success with her with like laying out very clear expectations. Yeah. Which it seems so obvious, but I feel like so much of the time, I don't know, maybe there's just, like, not enough credit given to, like, a two-year-old and what they're... Capable of? Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like since we've started, like, having that conversation with her of, like, you know, you're allowed to be sad, you're allowed to be angry, you're allowed to cry, you can, you know... Tell me that you're mad at me, but you cannot do this or this. And, like, she does respond very well to it. I mean, it's not perfect. She is still two. But it has improved a lot of that. Yeah. Plus, I feel like it's also helped her, like, now. Have you been... Has she done this with you at all when she's having a conversation with you and she'll stop to tell you how she's feeling? I'm sad. Yeah, the odd time. And like... I was wondering where that came from, to be honest with you. I'm sad. I'm mad. It's okay. That's what she told me the other day. Yeah. But then, in like positive ways too, because then we were laying in bed the other night, snuggling her to sleep, and she told me, Mom, my heart is happy. And I just, ugh, I just wanted to give her the biggest hug. Yeah, so I mean, it definitely does help. Yeah. I think it's just really hard to, like, maintain those boundaries. The park is an easy one because it's just very... It's pretty cool. And it's just also very basic. Yeah. And there's no outside, like, noise involved in that. I know it's a lot of more prep work when we have, like, go to my parents or go to your parents and whatnot. It's like the day before, like, the the day, day before, you're like, okay, we're gonna wake up. We're going to have breakfast. We're going to do this. We're going to blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, but we're going to have to say goodbye to 
grandma and grandpa or grandma and pops and then we're gonna go home and then obviously yeah. at that point like it's still it's still an issue but obviously she i'm assuming she's starting to understand that it's okay to feel the way that she feels yeah i think i mean traveling with her has definitely gotten a lot easier yeah. over the last year before it felt like there needed to be so much planning and like the timing of our drives and it's like she's gone through different phases of like what worked and when but i feel like we finally have gotten to a point where like she's pretty easy to travel with yeah. tomorrow i guess will be the true kind of test because therefore so we used to travel during the day because then we could stop at an on route for like a decent amount of time give her some time outside of the car yeah then we started traveling well i started traveling with her at night yeah so she was sleep and whatnot it was just easier to put her to yeah i'm to thinking sleep. and i think it also had to do with timing because i think we started doing that in and around the time that she started like reliably sleeping for at least five to six hour stretches at like to yeah. begin the night and then just i was back to work so i think to try to get the most amount of time out of a visit like you leave the night before yeah. it just kind of worked out that we needed to leave the night before and then it worked out so well that if i was doing the drive without you that it was like i could just load her up and just go yeah. and know that she would sleep the whole time yeah. So, but then we started to find that when we would drive late, we'd get she'd to be, our parents. She'd be wide awake. When we, when we and there. she'd be wired because there was that sweet period where she would just go straight back, back to sleep. sleep. But yeah, then we went through that period where she was waking up when we got to wherever we were driving to and she would want to play with the toys because both grandparents have very inviting homes. Yes. Yeah. With leave all the toys out and leave all the books out. And yeah, there's toys and have books. Have it in the bedrooms and have yeah. it in the living rooms. And, yeah. and at my parents, it's less likely, I feel like. But usually there's somebody up when we get there, even if we get there late. Yeah. To your brother. Yeah, so there's been a couple times that my brother's popped in to, like, say hey or help me load yeah. like bring stuff in and tell my parents it's usually my mom yeah awake. or your mom is up and i feel like also as soon as she sees family she's like ready to she's party like, oh. so tomorrow will kind of be a good good test a good test to see how she does with the nighttime traveling again everett's been great whatever time he's been everett has yeah everett's done great tomorrow's gonna be a little bit of a test for him too though because he usually sleeps pretty well yeah and he's done well in the car but i'm a little nervous about how this is going to look so i'm glad that you're going to be with us mm -hmm. for the first time trying to do the nighttime drive with both kids yeah. anyway yeah so we'll have to see i think my days of traveling with the kids like doing nighttime drives when it's just me are probably over probably until both kids will sleep through the night for sure yeah. Because the thought of having to stop and unload two children if one kid had to, like, go pee or something. No. That would be a nightmare. <laughs> that would be a nightmare. I do feel like 
the whole growing and whatever, obviously it was more pertaining to like the kids. Yeah. But I do feel like there's an aspect of growing together and the challenges that just like that presents on like a marriage. Marriage and and having children. Yeah. And I do feel like this plays into a little bit of like you know the adjustment period that you go through after you bring a baby home because I feel like before we had kids it was so easy for me to do my thing and you to do your thing yeah and then just come back together yeah and then I feel like when we had Addie it was kind of the first time that I felt like maybe just the areas that we were growing were so different. Like you were still working on your career and like that kind of yeah. growth. Or you had already finished. You were a well-seasoned veteran over here. I, well, I don't know about that, but kind of. Like I was, yeah. like I'd been in my career for a few years at that point and when Addie came, it was like a hundred percent of my growth had to do with becoming a mom. And I feel like it still kind of counts with like the second baby too, because I feel like all the growth that I have gone through in, you know, the last three months has all been about like figuring out how to be a mom of two how to divide my time between both kids yeah how to try to encourage their relationship with each other how to you know maintain my relationship like Addie and I were so close before Everett yeah and so trying to figure out how to maintain that bond I had with her because I don't want her to just always fall to the wayside because oh she doesn't need me as much as him yeah I know So I feel like all of my growth all has to do with how to be a mom. And like I was saying before, it's a lot of time management. Yeah, but I feel like your growth still can happen outside the home. Yeah. Like you, you still have time and, you know, the ability to, I don't know, like commit to yourself for devote to you know other hobbies or mm-hmm. where your hobby is being a mom where yeah kind of yeah like there's nothing there's no part of i can't do anything literally anything without there being a conversation about who's going to monitor the children while i do those things yeah. and it's just not the same for you and I mean I'm sure that this is like this in literally every other parenting relationship out there that the parent who main provider like kind of the default parent yeah you know I can't get my hair done without consulting with you or literally asking daycare if they can take Addie for an extra day for half a day so I can go get my hair cut or and then you're just like, hey, I'm going to go get my haircut tomorrow morning. Like, yeah. And I don't blame you for it. Like, it's fine. But I think that this is where some of, like, the adjustments come in. 
Because it is, like, before we had kids. We just do whatever we wanted. To. Well, we were just in such a selfish phase of life. And, like, I don't say that in a bad way. Like, I loved that phase of life. <laughs> I did. Like, we could talk about booking a trip and literally book it within a week. Yeah. Now you got to It's like a three-month thing. Or now, like, yeah. Like... We have so many conversations. What are flights like? What are we going to do about car seats? What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about that? Yeah. And before this, we really were in a phase of life where it was like, hey, we should book this trip soon. Yeah. And then two that was ago. on Monday. Yeah, and by days. Friday, yeah. the trip is booked. Yeah. And so, like, I don't mean selfish in, like, a bad sense. It's just... It was such a selfish phase of life where really I could do whatever I wanted and you could do whatever you wanted. And it was so easy to just do it. Know that we could both go off and do our own thing and that we would come together at the end of the day. Yeah. And then once you have kids, it's so hard not to feel like I'm here with the children. You're there. We're like, yeah, you have a wife and kids and whatever at home, but you also have work and hobbies and mm-hmm. outings that you really can still go to without too much difficulty. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like that is what creates the barrier of like, I don't know, like just some of the difficulties that come in a relationship. Yeah. When you've had kids. 100%. Because like with Addie, by the time she was one, we had kind of just figured that out and I was back to work and I was, so then you start to feel that freedom come back a little bit. Mm-hmm. It might be a little different now that you're taking 18 months. Yeah, and I've thought about that, whether I'm just going to kind of feel stuck in that role for that little bit longer. I shouldn't say stuck because I do really enjoy my time at home. But... Yeah, just that feeling of, like, not really having much outside of my home life. Or whether once he hits a year and it'll be just that little bit easier to, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But it definitely is a growing, not just with... Yeah, it's not just how you raise your <laughs> it's not just kids. how you raise your kids at different it's ages. It's also how you raise and foster your relationship. Yeah, how it evolves over time too, right? Yeah. So, and it and it will evolve. <laughs> People that say that it doesn't are lying to you. Well it doesn't. Yeah. It does change. It's so funny. Like I remember this is Probably the truest statement is that the best parents are the people that don't have children. Because, <laughs> like, before we had kids, we were like, oh, we would never do that with our kids. Oh, we would yeah. never do this with our kids. Oh, when we have kids, our kids are going to fit into our lifestyle and blah, 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 whatever other. And there might be people that do that. Well, and I think in, to a certain yeah. extent, we have done that. Like, our yeah. kids have fit into our lifestyle like we are not the family like some people live a very regimented yeah. like nap time is at yeah. 10 a.m and i gotta, nap I gotta time go is home like you're out with them and they're like i gotta go home and because so-and-so or, has a nap at 12 yeah, like, this and that and i'm like Whoa. we can't meet at that time because that's their nap time we have never lived that life yeah. ever our kids 
both of them have needed to be able to just like nap on the go. Yeah. And part of that, I think, is just that neither of us work a nine to five. Yeah. So our schedule is very different based on both of our schedules are very different. Yeah. So part of me thinks it's that, but also just, I think just in general, like, I don't know. I feel like we're very adaptive in our ways and in our parenting ways. I feel like I am. I don't know how adaptable I am. <laughs> I just don't live my life on a schedule. Yeah. Like, we have a rough schedule, I guess, but... Yeah, you got a guideline. <laughs> yeah. Like, we have routines. Yeah. We have routines. They're just not based on, like, a very strict yeah, hard. schedule of time. But... You can't. Why don't we end it there? <laughs> well, I think we're going to have to. <laughs> so hope everyone enjoyed this very unscripted version of our podcast today. <laughs> If you like the, what you heard or if you like what you're continuously hearing, make sure if you're on YouTube to subscribe to the channel, like the video. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure you download or subscribe on those channels as well. Hope everybody has a great evening. Or if you're listening to this in the morning, hope everyone has a great day. And uh, see you next time on episode five. Take care, everybody. <laughs>